hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Did you know that you have the power to call the success, money, and abundance into your life that you desire? Yes, it's really all up to you, as today's Queer Money guest will share. You're listening to Queer Money episode 245, and today we're talking with Evolve Benton about how they and their learners use the money bag prophecy vision board strategy and affirmations to bring success into their lives. David and I love these kinds of conversations, and we think you will too. We make the Queer Money podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may answer your question in an upcoming episode. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere. So banking fits into your life, not the other way around. So welcome to the Queer Money Evolve. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me here. I'm really excited to be here as well. Of yeah, course. We, Thank you for reaching out to us. Uh, your pitch was really uh, compelling. And so we just, you talk about something that David and I, some things that David and I, I love. We're, we're all into the woo. We love the law of attraction. <laughs> we love vision boards. We love gemstones. We love everything. And so uh, you, you pitched us a, a topic that we actually haven't, weirdly enough, covered on this podcast. So we're excited to dive into that and see how um, you're using it in, in your life and how maybe our listeners can use it in their life. That's amazing. Thank you for reading the pitch and following <laughs> up. I, I send it out to quite a few podcasts and some people never get back to you. So it's good to know that it actually got to the inbox. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I think that's uh, that's interesting. You can tell that you ha- you come from that perspective of being a podcaster and understanding what podcasters want. We like John said when we were talking before we started recording, sometimes we just get these pitches that say, I'm a gay person. I need to be on your podcast. And like, well... We can't have every gay person on our podcast, <laughs> our, our listeners, you, our listeners, you want something interesting, right? So what's what's interesting about you? What what uh, angle do you come with? And it was very clear when you set your pitch that you have an, an angle and a topic that you are passionate about. So this will be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. So let's dive into it. So um, the first topic we're, we're going to talk about are vision boards, but and we've talked about vision boards a lot before, but I've never seen this twist on it before. So you encourage people to use a money prophecy vision board. So we heard about vision boards, like I said, uh, but we haven't heard about money prophecy vision boards. Would you elaborate on what those are and how they're different than a, maybe your traditional vision board? Yeah, sure. So a money prophecy, well, we call it a money bag prophecy, right? Because we're trying to collect those bags, is a vision board that has a collective understanding of what value of abundance or money you want to bring in for the annual year. And I learned this actually from the Founders Gym, which is a group of underrepresented founders uh, who support people in building their own businesses. And this can be anywhere from software companies to tech companies to speaking companies, which is one that I actually have. And I got this activity from them to go through and look at your budget, look at your schedule and think about to yourself, how much money do you want to bring in and really dream, right? Like not sit there and think about the bills that you have, but think about the lifestyle that you want to live. And when you come up with that total, 
to utilize that to scale back, right? To say, okay, my annual budget is a, maybe I want to make $100,000. How much money do I need to make in a week? How much money do I need to make in a day? How much money do I need to make in a minute, right? Like really narrowing mm -hmm. it down so you could see it. Uh, but with the money back prophecy in particular, the whole hope is that you're able to put that large number and the number should be larger than your normal income onto a vision board in a very beautiful way uh, with some of those dreams surrounding it so that every day you see that number as a hope to inspire you and to keep you moving forward with collecting bags. Oh, I, I love that that inspiring twist. It's, it's, it's not too dissimilar to some advice that David and I share with our listeners and readers in that because they often reach out to us and say, how do I get my, my, my partner on the same page with me about money? And very often, that's inspired by we're struggling financially, we have too much debt, we're not making ends meet, or we're blowing our money unnecessarily. And we always encourage people to to start the conversation, focus on the dreams, the goals, the aspirations that you have. Like, where do you want to live? Where do you want to retire? Where do you want to travel to? What kind of car do you want to have? And then just have fun with that. And then as the conversation goes a little bit deeper, then say, you know, back into that then. How are you actually going to make that happen? And what are you doing today to help facilitate that? Or what are you doing today that's not facilitating that? And that sounds very similar to what you're talking about with the money bag prophecy. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it's a daily habit, right? That we need to know where we're going, especially when it comes to our finances, but also to keep the momentum going, right? So my money bag prophecy is actually on this bright pink piece of paper on our refrigerator because <laughs> since we've been working from home, that's the space I go to most often. I admit I'm, I'm at the fridge looking for <laughs> snacks probably every 15 minutes. So I know I'm going <laughs> to, I know I'm going to go there a couple of times a day or a few, right. And I'm going to see it. Right. And it keeps me motivated. It keeps me pumped up to continue to do the work that I'm doing. And I know that that prophecy is bigger than me, right? It's connected to a larger dream to create freedom for my family, to create a space where we don't have to work for people who don't value us. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really keeps me inspired and it keeps many of the folks that I work with inspired as well. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I, I loved you just said, that we don't have to work for people who don't value us, because I think a lot of us, you know, there's this statistic out there that upwards of 70% of Americans don't like their job. And I think one of the main reasons is because they don't feel like they're valued at work. But the other thing I love the way you describe this, especially that idea of backing in from, I want to make $100,000. How much do I need to earn each month? How much do I need to earn each week? What is my hourly rate? What am I making every minute? And we oftentimes when, especially when we work for someone else, we kind of bridle ourselves with this harness of this is how much I can make because this is how much I'm making right now. We kind of put these reins on our mindset of how much money I can earn based on what we are earning rather than what we truly want to earn and what we think we are worth. And it allows you to maybe escape that idea and think of yourself as worth a lot more than you really are maybe thinking you are worth right now. Exactly, right? And then you can also look at your time and see, am I doing money-making activities that really are aspired to my goal, right? Like that's what it helped me look at 
because a lot of the stuff that I was doing, I thought I was like marketing on social media with my podcast and that was going to bring money, right? Which, which you already know, like it takes a lot to make money from a podcast. So I realized that some of the activities that I was doing weren't connected really to my aspirations. So I had to shift those a lot. Once I looked at my overall goal, I was like, okay, I need to spend a little more time actually building businesses that have momentum and bring money into them so that I can do the things that I enjoy, right? Like financial freedom doesn't have to be all about having a Lamborghini. It could be, I can now do my podcast every day because I want to, or create the art that I want to, because I have that freedom and I have the comfortability within the abundance that I'm bringing in. Preach. Yes, that is. I love this (laughs) because I think especially because of COVID, we have found ourselves drifting to kind of the sedentary, easy to do or easy to get trapped in doing things like scroll holes on social media or watching hours of endless Netflix or gaming for hours and hours. And if you know that you're worth Let's just, I'm just going to throw this number out there. If you know you're worth $50 an hour and you just spent three and a half hours binging on Netflix, did you just give up $175? (laughs) Yeah, in a way you did, right? Right. You know, and it's, it's always time and space for that, but I'm always about like when I'm feeling good, right? Which is usually in the mornings. Right now, I feel really good. I've had my tea, I've had my water. How can I utilize that to perform the best, right? And to to add to my businesses, to add to my day job, the best energy that I can. So I don't want to use that scrolling. And, and on Netflix, I can use that when I'm a little bit more tired and a little bit less enthusiastic, maybe later yeah. on in the day. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you. So we've got we've got this scenario here. Now you have you've gone out there and you've created this vision board or, you know, and you put on there what you believe is going to help you get to this money prophecy, this number that you want. How has it worked for you? How how have you put this into practice in your life other than seeing it on a regular basis? Or how have you encouraged the people you work with to put into practice in, in their daily lives? Definitely. So for me, it's something that I return to every day because I see it, but I also have really focused now on a budget. So every month I kind of look at my budget and then I was like, "Mm, monthly is not enough actually because I'm spending money daily. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to look at it weekly to see, am I actually going to reach my goal? The other thing that I have many of my learners do is to put onto their calendar a quarterly time where they look at their money back prophecy, right? Because if we really created it in the right way, we know what we need to make quarterly, we know what we need to make monthly, and we can adjust throughout the year instead of waiting until tax season or these big money times to actually look at our finances. So I've supported folks with actually putting it on their calendar, right? Like put it on your calendar, a quarterly review, Are you meeting your goals? What are ways that you need to adjust and pivot? And I ask people to do this during a time when they're resting and reflecting on their business, which is really big in my business practices. Like I love to go out, set goals, make money, but then I always have a time to reset reflect and celebrate. And what I mean by that is I'll take my partner out or I'll take my dogs out for an extra long walk because I know that I have been working and probably um, utilizing some of the family's resources, right, (laughs) of time, of energy, really hard to make a collective goal. So I feel that it's important to thank everyone in that process. I love that. That is one of the things that John and I have, we believe has truly helped us. Well, one, helped us pay off our debt. 
two helped us build the level of financial independence that we were able to so we could both quit our jobs and then get ourselves to the point where our retirement basically our retirement funding is set where we we really are set for our future for retirement we did all of that because of what you just said you're reminding yourself on a regular basis that isn't so few and far between that it's easy to forget about them. Having this in front of you on a on a daily basis, thinking about it on a weekly basis, doing your budget of your both your time and your money and the your relationships is a great way to incorporate it into your life with small habits that actually then become fun. Yeah. And the thing that I really love about it is if you're doing it throughout the year, right? Your dreams change. You know, like things come into your life every day that you want to do. And for me, it's like, okay, I can keep dreaming. Like maybe at the beginning of the year, I didn't think I wanted to buy a car or maybe my car was working great and it just went (laughs) out, right? Like I can pivot and shift my budget and shift my activity and shift my energy to make sure that I'm taken care of. So congrats to you both on paying off all that debt and being in a position to you know, retire comfortably. That is something I'm working on right now. And it just inspires me to continue to see people doing that. I come from a background where people are just like hiding their debt and not in avoidant of it. So to see people go after it and really provide skills for the community to move past it, it it's just been amazing. So kudos to you all. Well, thank, you. Well, thank you. And I would say with, with the level of intention that you have, you're going to get there as well, too. It's yeah. just it's the law of the universe. So you kind of touched on this a little bit. So every, you know, it's okay if in the middle of the year, your, your goals change or, or your situation change and, and, and you want to pivot. With that, how often do you suggest creating your money bag prophecy vision board? You know what? I suggest creating it as many times as you want. If you want to create one right now for a new goal, I have three vision boards and I know that might be a little intense, uh, <laughs> but but I created one that's actually for my family, right? Like we have one because we're trying to get a house this year. So we put a home on there. We put our favorite kitchens, right? Like the things that we really loved, we put it all on one board. And then I actually have one that's called a rest vision board because one of the things I'm trying to bring in more is Uh, mindful rest. I find myself resting, but still mind racing about the next thing to do. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Right? And I I don't want to be that person that gets to financial independence and can't be still uh, because I don't value rest. So I created one where I put all this stuff that I can do during my rest time, right? Right? Lay in the bed, eat my favorite snack, watch my favorite TV show, right? Giving myself ideas and aspirations. And then I have my money, money bag one, which has all of the things that I'm calling in for abundance. So you can do this anytime, but if you're going to shift it, right, be intentional about the shift mm-hmm. and be intentional about the cost of the shift. A lot of times people put a Rolex on a vision board. How much is a Rolex? People don't realize $30,000, right? Right. <laughs> right. So being really <laughs> intentional about what you're calling in and how you're getting there. Husband. <laughs> Uh oh, <laughs> we're having a project this weekend where you're going to create your rest vision board so your mind can stop racing. Oh yeah, <laughs> Evolve so, expects to see that on her desk, on their desk, on Monday morning. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, everyone, I was I was just mentioning to Evolve before we kicked off the podcast that I woke up at one o'clock this morning and I couldn't fall back to sleep until five thirty, and I attribute most of that to the to what you were just talking about is that. 
when I wake up for whatever reason, if I don't fall back to sleep within about five minutes, my brain just turns on and it says, okay, it's time to start working. What do you want to think about now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's very much an, I always say it's like my employee trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being an employee for so long Blame and working in them. those environments, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Reflect the responsibility. I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, just logistically, what, what do you suggest that people use? What resources do you suggest people use to create their any kind of vision board that they want to create, especially their money bag prophecy vision board? You know what? Get creative with it, folks. You can utilize anything from a sticky tab, right? If you have one of those really, really thick, big tablets of sticky tabs and you want to write things on there to a large cutting board, you can utilize a jam board, which is something that's connected actually to Google. And it's a digital form of a vision board and print it out. I just ask that people have magazines, people have pictures of things that they really love and that they want to call in. And don't feel bad about drawing as well. Many of our learners drew pictures of things that they wanted and they really went in on the arts and crafts, which I think that there's so much healing that's provided with putting pencil or crayon to paper. So if you really want to get out there and draw your vision, feel free to do that as well. Just get creative with it. You know, it could be 3D. I've seen people do that where they actually 3D? build. Wow. Yeah, people actually will have like a board on the ground and then maybe they'll build like a little house on there, right? And that could wow. sit in the corner. So you can have fun with it. It's like a Just, Lego project. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> Just make sure that you're excited to see it. Right. And I think that sometimes the more work that we put into art projects, I don't know about you all, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but the more work (laughs) I put into it, right, I'm like, oh, that's really good. I did that. Right. And that excites me even more to go back to it and to acknowledge it. I love it. I love it. Yep. I do too. And now a quick word from our sponsor Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. So this is kind of the the visual representation of how we attract what we want into our lives. And I think that so many folks have are kind of familiar with this idea, maybe not necessarily haven't implemented it in their lives, or maybe they have tried and had some success. Because this is something I think we're getting accustomed to seeing successful people do, hearing successful people suggest that we do this. But sometimes it takes to get it inside our brain. We need to get it in our head that I can actually attract this. This is, a, this is something that's worthwhile. And one of the other things that you suggested that you wanted to have a conversation around, I think is the link between how we can see it and keep it in our head is this idea of affirmations. And I think that there are some people who have some hangups or maybe some barriers to affirmations. Some people think that they're just a bunch of useless information. <laughs> but it was kind of interesting. We did a a, uh, a poll in our Queer Money Facebook group, and almost 17% of people in the group said that they use affirmations, but the other 83% that said that they don't. So maybe we could talk about this. Do you use affirmations? How do you use affirmations? Why you use affirmations? So 
maybe you could just share with our listeners what you do with affirmations and why you want to use them. Thank you for asking that. So I've been using affirmations as a form of, I would say, calling in, right? Like calling in what we want probably the last five years. And the one thing that I will say is you got to believe what you're saying, right? And I think that as, as humans, I think that we have really lost a lot with not believing in not just the law of attraction, but the power of our divinity and our word, right? So even with podcasting, I'm very particular about who I speak to, how I speak, and the words that I choose to utilize because I realize that that creates vibrations in my life, right? So we have the power to speak what we want. Life isn't happening to us. We're living, we're living life and life is happening with us. Nice. So for me, an affirmation is calling in what you want for your journey. And that could be different things. One of my affirmations that I've been saying the last three years is I'm in a loving relationship with my life partner. I respect, honor, and protect them, right? Nice. And that was something that was very important for me to say as I was stepping into wanting to build a life with this person. Because in the past, I had relationships where I felt like respect, honor, and protection weren't there, right? So I want to shift that. I'm going to name that and call that into my life every day. And I usually say my affirmations, I have three of them right now that I say every morning about 10 times to get it into the state of belief. Because I believe that the more we say it, the more we believe it, the more that it vibrates actually in our life. And for the folks who don't believe in it, just try it, right? <laughs> just try it for yourself, right? If it doesn't work, what's what can really hurt besides you utilizing your mouth, right? Like I think it's one of the easiest <laughs> things that you can you can do for yourself is to speak what you want and to actually believe it, right? And to know that you have the power to speak blessings into your life. You don't have to wait for some divine person to do that for you. You already have that power. You already have that connection. Yeah. I, you know, there's so many things I could just say about what you just said, all, a, a variety of things. One, this this whole idea of that life is not happening to you, that it's happening with you. You have the opportunities and you have the abilities to, to make life happen. And I think that a lot of times the reason why we th may think that ha life is happening to us is because we've given away our power. And affirmations may be the way that you can take your power back. And I really think this is really important that you talked about your affirmations need to be something that you truly believe, right? So we may sit down, I'm tying this back to our vision boards here with money. We may sit down and say, okay, I'm going to create this affirmation that says, I'm going to earn $10 million this year, but I'm earning $50,000 right now. And I don't have a, I haven't worked at all on laying the foundation for how I could earn 10000 or $10 million this year. So if we keep on saying over and over again, I'm going to earn $10 million, I'm going to earn $10 million, we kind of in the back of our minds are telling ourselves, well, I haven't done the work, so it's probably not going to happen. So we're not actually believing it, even though we're saying it over and over again, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's why it's important to have my, micro goals, right? So that's why it's important. We have this larger vision so we can dream, right? But we also know what that looks like annually. We know what it looks like quarterly. We know what it looks like monthly. So for me, my annual goal is really big and it's scary, to be honest with you both, right? Like I'm really scared of it. So I rather say things that I know will get me to that goal, oh, right? Nice. So maybe my affirmation would be more about 
I review my budget every month, right? Mm -hmm. I do money making activities outside of my job weekly, right? Something that I can do that's tangible that will actually get me to the goal. I affirm the activity instead of the actual outcome, because I know if I'm able to create the habits of abundance, then the shift will happen a lot quicker mm-hmm. instead of me just saying $10,000 $10, or $10 million, right? What are the actual steps that I have to do to get there and putting those in firm of affirmations so that I am inspired and continue to do them? It sounds exactly like Jim Rohn when he says that, you know, success is a series of little habits repeated over time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that you're focused on the things that you know you can do to get there. Because if you tell yourself, I'm just going to go back to what you just said, I engage in money-making activities every day or every week outside of my job, that is something every single one of us has the capability to do. It's not, it's not defined as I'm going to fail at this or I'm, or I'm going to succeed at it. It's, am I taking the action? And that's where the habits come from, I guess. I say to that, I agree. How far out do you plan your, your biggest, hairiest goals? <laughs> Are you, do you have like a 10-year plan? Do you have a 20-year plan? Or do you max it out at a year? I do have a 10-year plan, uh, mainly because I read a really cool book called The 12-Week Year Mm -hmm. uh, last year, where they have you go all the way out to 20 years. 20 years was really hard for me. I started getting really eerie and scary at the (laughs) 20-year point. I was like, I don't know if I can think this far out. Uh, But I do have a 10-year goal, right? And it is connected to my goals today because I do believe that the seeds that we plant today create the trees of the future, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is definitely connected and it's more connected to my habits because I'm always asking myself, I would love to be a seven figure earner at some point in my journey, but what does that person look like, right? What do they eat? How do they sleep? What do they do for fun? And how do I continue to produce habits that look like that, right? So my seven figure self is not going to be rest, restless, right? So that's why I'm really focusing on rest now. I kind of want to be one of those old queer people who sit in their backyard and paint the same picture every day, right? Like really, <laughs> really, really, really zen, right? Like yeah. have my garden, have my children, have my dogs, but really have like my moments of zenness and connection with spirit. And I'm trying to create that person now. I don't have to wait to create that person when I get that money, but I do want to be in a certain state of life. So I think it's consistent habits to make sure that I get there in 10 years. I got, I love how you asked that question of yourself, you know, what does that person look like? Who, what are those people doing that have the, that have achieved the goals that I'm aspiring to? One of the most motivating managers that I ever had, he used to always tell people, find out what successful people are doing and do that. That's the easiest path to success. Now you might have to tackle a little bit here and there, and it might their their circumstances might not you know replicate yours exactly. But find out what they're doing and 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 do that. And he he was talking from a sales perspective, but you can apply that to every every aspect of life, whether it's losing weight, whether it's earning you know seven figures, whether it's you know moving across town or across the country. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing of where we're at in history, right? Like the planet has been around so long, human civilization has been around a while, and we have the power of history. So we can even look back and see what folks have done and really take their roadmaps and and create our own, right? We don't have to do the same exact thing, but we can take the bits and pieces that resonate for us and shift our lives. So I love doing that. I love looking at history and looking at people 
who've been successful and just seeing some of their practices and how I can pick up some of those habits. And some of those habits aren't the greatest, y'all. So I'm not saying do, do everything <laughs> that, them all. <laughs> yeah, that wealthy people do, but do stuff that inspires your life and inspires your journey. Absolutely. I think we oftentimes forget that there are a lot of good wealthy people out there and we focus on the bad habits of what wealthy people have been publicized in the media and we don't look at the good habits of, of many wealthy people and how they are contributing to the world. One of the other things I, I will say that I loved about this idea of, of looking at what it is that you would be as a person to achieve that level of success is then that really kind of can become the foundation of your affirmations. A lot of people like to use the start their affirmations off with the phrase I am. So, you know, in your example, I am a restful person. I am a person that budgets every month. I am a person that is engaging in activities that build wealth on a regular basis. All of those kinds of things contribute to that idea of the person that you want to become. Yes, I totally agree. I, I really try to make sure that, you know, I'm speaking things into my life that I want. So even the other night I was on the phone with one of my relatives and we got to talking and he was using the word broke a lot. And that's one of the words that I grew up using that I'm really trying to get out of my vocabulary. And he said something and I said something about broke. And I was like, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Right. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like abundance. There's abundance clog. And he was like, that's kind of weird. I was like, no, I'd rather say something different than the the aspect of broke. Because to me, like broke is like broken, right? Like broken down. Like I don't want any of that connected to my life. So I think that words are super important, especially when we're saying who we are and we're calling ourselves in. Many of us don't even ask ourselves, who are you? Right. Mm -hmm. So some people are like, well, how do I write an affirmation? And a lot of times I'm like, well, sit in space and ask yourself, who are you? Right. Like, how are you actually connecting to your overall goals before you write the I am statement? Ask yourself, who am I? Right. Mm -hmm. Do that a little bit first. Sit in meditation and you'd be surprised of the answers that will come to you. Yeah, definitely get to know yourself first. So I'm curious, uh, what is the environment and what is your process for doing affirmations? For example, when David and I used to do them, we don't haven't been doing them for a while now. And, and after this episode, we're going to start doing them. <laughs> we used to do them after we would do our meditation. So we were still sitting in the room. Ideally, the, the room was still dark. And we would just recite our affirmations out loud to ourselves. Actually, we had to separate into different rooms now that I recall. Recite them out loud to ourselves with our eyes closed, kind of still sitting in, in a meditation pose. What is your process and, and, and environment? Yeah, so I usually do it during my morning routine. And my morning routine will consist of me waking up and having some detox water, which I support anyone in having. This really helps with your gut health. It's usually 32 ounces of water, a dash of sea salt, some lemon juice, and maybe a little bit of cayenne pepper. So I'll have that. I sit in my spot. I usually do my prayer. I'm a prayer. So I have three prayers that I read out. I read them out loud because I enjoy hearing my voice and connecting. And then I usually go into meditation because I love to sit and just kind of think about, you know, what's coming in that I might need to reflect on. After I do meditation, I call in my affirmations. So that's when I speak those. And then right after affirmations, I write usually around 10 things that I'm grateful for in the morning as well. And then I'm ready to start my day. So it's it's a morning routine that I try to keep consistent 
to make sure that I'm grounded in the day. And I know the affirmations are amazing, but there's nothing like pairing them with gratitude, right? Because sometimes we, when I do the affirmations, folks, don't think that I'm just this perfect person sitting there and so happy about it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't believe in this, right? Uh, <laughs> really, I'm going to be a millionaire? Oh, yeah, right, right. Like I have these, I have these thoughts in my head as well, but the gratitude always puts me into a place of, yes, I can, because I realize the things that I've already manifested. So when I sit in gratitude, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm grateful for our two bedroom apartment. I remember when we just had a one bedroom, right? I'm grateful to live in the Bay Area. I grew up in South Central LA in the hood, y'all, right? Like I'm in a way better environment right now. Like when I sit in gratitude, I always am able to connect with my affirmations because I see my manifestations in real life. Nice. Love it. That's awesome. So now we've talked about vision boards. We've talked about affirmations. I'm curious, maybe not necessarily with your situation, but maybe with the people that you've worked with. What do you suggest if people find that these particular tools haven't been working for them? They seem to struggle. It's like, I try to manifest all this stuff day in and day out. It's just not coming to me. What do you think uh, the abundance blockage might be? Sometimes it's, it's, it's an abundance blockage, right? Uh, that's a total, we're going we're gonna to coin that, put it on a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I think that, you know what, sometimes when people get into that space, they're too heady. That's what I've seen. Oh, they're yeah. doing too much, right? So one money back prophecy is enough. One affirmation is enough, folks. One moment of gratitude is enough. We could start off with one. Many times people want to have three or four things and we need laser focus when we're calling things into our life. And also we need to be okay with being uncomfortable, right? This stuff is not comfortable in the beginning, right? Because you haven't done it. It takes time to practice. It takes time to get your heart centered. So oftentimes my students will come to me and they'll say, you know, like this didn't feel good or I think I'm dreaming too big. I can't do this. And I'm always like, go back and ask yourself how big you really want to be, right? Ask yourself about that. Ask yourself about the dream. Sit a little bit longer, reflect a little bit longer, and think about your value system. And think about the way that you're talking about yourself. Because I hear a lot of I can'ts. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of lack, right? And sometimes we need to get out of that mindset. The other thing that I tell folks to do is to do something that brings you joy, Sometimes when we're unaligned with our abundance, we're not doing enough things that bring us joy. We're only doing money making activities. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I talked to you all about like those rest and celebration and those moments to reflect. That's just as important as a money making activity because you need the time to reward yourself and to be appreciative of yourself. Right. So really sit in that and figure out for yourself like, OK, hmm, I'm not feeling this. This is not feeling good. What can I do to get realigned? Start with joy and start with simplicity. I love that. The analogy that I like to use when it comes to attraction and bringing what you want into your life, and I got this from listening to uh, Abraham Hicks, several Abraham Hicks uh, podcast episodes and, and videos. The analogy I got around this whole idea of bringing, attracting what you want into your life has to be done from a place of uh, positivity, that there really are basically two giant vending machines in the world. One vending machine is full of all the stuff that you want in your life, and one vending machine is full of all the stuff that you don't want in your life. And the currency that we have is either positive, happy, joyful thoughts and actions, or negative, complaining, frustrating, 
angry actions and, and activities in our life. And I think you probably know which one gets the, which goes to which vending machine. The more we're spending our, our, our energy and the power that we have towards those positive, joyful, happy things in our life, whether it's earning money, spending time with the people that we love, giving back to the community, whatever that it is, if we're doing it from that place of joy and happiness and, does, and wanting the good things in life, that's when they will start to be released from that giant vending machine. I love this aspect of the vending machine. I'm really like seeing that. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that visual in there. And I just want folks to know also that their happiness is on them, right? Like I know that we're used to external things making us happy, but the happiness really is is within you folks, right? So you have to find ways to make yourself happy without external validation. And sometimes that takes years, months, a lot of unlearning, but really take gratitude in the fact that you can make yourself happy and that it's your responsibility. Yep. It is your responsibility and it's definitely possible. And I think for a lot of queer folks, we're coming from times and places when it's not okay to be queer and we bring a lot of abuse to adulthood, you know, whether it was physical, mental, any kind of abuse, we bring it into adulthood. And so it's hard for us to maybe pare that down, but know that it is within your control and that you can do it. Many people have done it. And and if they can do it, you can do, certainly do it too. So we're going to tack just a little bit. Maybe this is law of attraction adjacent, but you had thrown uh, in one of your pitches, you threw something out that we had never heard of before. And I, I think I love the concept if I'm understanding it, but you shared your tip of uh, buy a pair and a share. Could you please explain what that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I grew up being like a real sneakerhead. Um, it's actually one of the biggest liabilities I've ever bought. I've bought a lot of sneakers. I love Jordans. I love Kobe's. I just love shoes. And when I was actually planning to buy my partner an engagement ring, one of the things I did was I stopped buying shoes because I was like, if I stop buying sneakers, I can actually afford this ring. Uh, so that was the first time that I dealt with my vice, right? Like, you know, we all have our addictions. And a friend of mine was like, you know, if you're going to really, you know, do this and you want to acknowledge buying shoes again and not make it a liability, buy a pair and buy a share. And I was like, I love this. Like, this is really what I need to do. So if I'm going to buy a pair of Nikes or even Adidas, I'm going to buy a share of the stock because I really want to be connected to that aspect of ownership as well. And Sometimes it's difficult and I have to make the decision to not buy the pair because it doesn't connect with my long-term goals and it might be too expensive, right? The pair might be $300 and the share might be $300. And then I'm really thinking like, wait, I'm not about to spend $600 on the shoes. So it supports me with not going in on my addiction. And it also supports me with my aspect of wanting to buy more assets than liabilities, right? So it's really a shift of mindset and it's also to help with this awful sneaker addiction that I've been given. <laughs> I, I love that. And the reason I think it's like law of attraction adjacent is because, uh, brace yourself, I don't mean to offend you here, but your sneakers are a depreciating asset. <laughs> they are, exactly. I know. And I know this, but I get Unless on Unless you leave them in the box, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could leave them in the box. They might appreciate, especially if they're Jordans. But then the, the, the buying the share, of course, is, is thinking more, uh, having more of a growth mindset and how does this align with my, my long-term goals and, and sticking with that and not, not uh, subtracting from that. <laughs> I love it. That's a great concept. Yeah, I'm trying to stick with it. So 
really hold me to it. Check in with me in a few months, folks. Gotcha. When I, <laughs> when I see you buying, driving a uh, a Tesla, I'll know that you just recently bought some shares of Tesla. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I'm trying to do that in every aspect of my life, even Apple, right? Like I was like, I have so many Apple products. Why wouldn't I own some of it, right? Like yeah. if this is going to be in my home and I'm going to consume it, I should own it as well. I should be connected to that. Yeah, in an Econ 101 class that I was in, um, we talked about investing, and the professor said, just look at the things that you'd like to buy. Look at the things that you enjoy using. Look at what your friends are using. Look at where the line is at the, you know, what stores that have lines in front of them. Those are the shares you might want to consider investing in first uh, while you get your feet wet in investing. Yeah. So that's a great tip. Yeah. It was uh, interesting because when we were first getting out of our credit card debt, and we're starting to think about our retirement and investing for retirement. I was seeing everyone, this was back in 2007, 2008. I was seeing everyone buying iPods and iPhones and iPads. And I said, you know what, this is going to last for a while, I'm going to invest in some Apple stock. And I'll tell you, that was the key to one of the key major keys to the retirement funds that we have today was I made that purchase. And I think I bought the stock before I bought the phone. So now we have now we do have the Apple products because we're pushing for that stock price to continue. <laughs> exactly. So we should switch it around, buy a share and then buy a pair. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Yvonne, for, for reaching out to us and for, for joining us. This has been a super inspiring podcast. And I know that you have I, I definitely have at least two new super fans of your podcast that we'll be downloading, but so that our listeners who are interested can follow you. Where can our listeners find and follow you? Definitely. So folks, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook or any of the folks under Evolve Benton. And you can check out my website, which is evolvebenton.com. If you're into podcasting, you love money, mindset, and motivation, check out Boy Meets Wellness. That's boy with an I. B-O-I, as in born obviously incredible. And that's where my, <laughs> yeah, and that's where my uh, podcast is. So check that out. Thank you all for your support. I really appreciate it. It's been an amazing opportunity to connect with you. Likewise, yes, likewise. You. And then um, uh, before we wrap up, are you working on any projects in 21 that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, definitely. So I just started actually a new group called Speaking for Profit Academy, where we're taking our learners from zero to profit, and we're teaching public speaking skills and literally how to build a six-figure speaking business. So if you're interested, if you're a public speaker, an expert, a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant who's interested in making extra money or shifting your career, just hit me up at evolvebenton.com, send me a message, and we can connect on a strategy call to see if we're aligned to work together in Speaking for Profit Academy. Love that. It's awesome to do that, especially during this time period right now where people have a little, maybe have a little bit of extra time that they wouldn't maybe normally be able to dedicate to this because they're distracted with going out and doing the outs, uh, the social activities. Like you talked about earlier, maybe budgeting a little bit of our time for money-making activities to help us grow our wealth. Please do, y'all. Just know that the remote speaking opportunities are popping. I literally make money from my second bedroom. So nice. please, please take advantage of this time because we don't have to travel, right? And people are okay with that. And and I'm honestly loving it. I love doing things in my sweats and my hoodie. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate having you on the show. Thank you.
How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Wow. Thank you, Evolve, for reaching out to us and sharing such a wealth of information. We'll be subscribing to your Boy Meets Wellness podcast and using the buy a pair and a share strategy starting today. To you, our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. Take just one of Evolve's suggestions and find a way to apply it to your life. So maybe hang on your refrigerator a picture of a home you'd like to own someday, or maybe a vacation you'd like to go on someday, or create a short affirmation that you can recite to yourself throughout your day. None of this has to be too huge. Just lean into it and see how it works for you, and then let it grow as you want. Again, we make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at deffreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.